If you're joining us for the first time or you're a regular listener, welcome to this weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. My name is Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Men Ministry, and welcome to episode number 22. Each week, we dive into the Scriptures to discover from God's Word what is the point of purity. We also discover from the Bible how to get to and remain at that point of purity. Well, in today's episode of the Point of Purity podcast, we begin a two-part study of the life of a man named Lot. We're going to look at the results of a self-centered king-me choices that he made. So let's dive right into today's episode entitled, The Fall of a Superman of God, Lot's Lousy Legacy. The sun was beginning to rise above the horizon as Abraham and Lot finished offering a sacrifice to the Almighty God. As they stood on top of that hill, talking about the many ways God had blessed them, they could see all of their flocks and herds, as well as the hundreds of tents belonging to their servants, dotting the countryside below them. God had indeed blessed them. Soon, however, their time of worship was interrupted by a disturbingly intense commotion. Coming up the hillside were the sounds of their herdsmen, bickering yet again about whose sheep belonged to whom and whose grass they were grazing on. Hey, those are our sheep. They're not your sheep, they're ours. Well, your sheep's eating our grass. Well, it's not your grass, it's our grass. And so it went. Abraham and Lot stood there, watching the foreman attempt to stop yet another fight. Abraham leaned heavily on his staff and began shaking his head. Pursing his lips, he let out a big sigh and turned to his nephew. Lot, oh, Lot, he said. We have to do something about this. This this quarreling between our herdsmen just cannot go on any longer. Well, I agree, uncle, Lot replied. But what do you suggest? Abraham looked heavenward and prayed for wisdom. After a few moments of silence, he had an idea, a brilliant idea. Look around, nephew. Look at all the land before us that God has given us. Here's what I suggest. Let's part company. If you want to go east, I'll go west. If you choose to go west, I'll go east. It really doesn't matter to me. I'll let you decide. (laughs) Lot always knew there was something he liked about his uncle. So, leaning forward, Lot looked to the west instantly wrinkled his nose, nothing very promising in that direction. Turning to the right, however, he looked east, and there was some prime land. The whole plain of the Jordan was lush and green. The sunlight looked like brilliant gems dancing across the streams that watered the plain. (laughs) There was even a booming metropolis far off in the distance, a great place to do business. Uncle, Lot said with a big grin on his face, Since you're giving me first dibs, I choose to go east. Now, hopefully you recognize this story straight out of Scripture from Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13 verse 11 tells us that Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan. Now, if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, then you've heard me say that we always do what we do because in our heart, we want what we want. In other words, Our actions will always follow the intentions of our heart. Therefore, because Lot's heart was all about King Me, he chose for himself to go east and leave his uncle with what Lot thought was second best. 
Well, as we will see shortly, that king-me-centered choice led to other choices, which in turn led to other choices, all of which resulted in the fall of a superman of God. Now, wait just a moment, someone's arguing with me. Lot? (laughs) Are you calling Lot a superman of God? No, I'm not. But God does. If you're familiar with the story in the Bible about Sodom and Gomorrah, then you may recall that as 2 Peter 2 verses 6 through 8 says, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes, and he made them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly. But before destroying those cities for their wickedness, God sent two of his angels disguised as men in order to, as 2 Peter 2 6 through 8 continues to say, rescue Lot a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Did you catch the fact that three times in just two verses, God calls Lot a righteous man? Now, just so that we're clear, the word righteous means exactly what you would expect it to mean when it appears in the Bible. It refers to a person who's standing before God as one approved and accepted. Well, my friend, we need to understand that Lot was a righteous man in the eyes of God. He stood before the Almighty as an approved and accepted man. So that begs the question, what exactly is it that makes a person righteous in God's eyes? I mean, when you look at the life of Lot in the scriptures, based on what we see and know of Lot, there's nothing to indicate that he was a righteous man. None of his behavior indicates that. So what makes a person righteous before God? Well, we've got to look to the scriptures for our answers. Hebrews 11.4 tells us that Abel, was a righteous man because of his faith in God. Genesis 15 verse 6 tells us that Abraham was considered a righteous man because of his faith, because he believed the Lord. In Galatians 3.11, we read that no one is justified before God by the law. The righteous live by faith. In Romans 3, verses 20 and 22, the Apostle Paul writes that no one will be declared righteous in his sight, in God's sight, by observing the law. this, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Now think about the verses I just quoted to you. God makes it abundantly clear that no one can stand before him as one approved and accepted based upon their deeds, based upon their behavior. No one stands before God approved and accepted based upon the merits of their obedience to God's law. James 2.10 reminds us whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So no, you cannot earn or otherwise weasel your way into God's good graces. The single requirement for being a righteous person is putting your faith in God. So here's a very important question I want you to consider now. In fact, I'd say it's arguably the most important question you will ever be asked in your entire lifetime. You ready? Here it is. If you were to die right now, where would you spend eternity? Would you go to heaven or would you end up in hell? 
Okay, now what on earth does that have to do with Lot being a superman of God? For that matter, what does that question have to do with you or me being a superman, a superperson of God? Faith in Christ alone for your salvation, believing with all your heart that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin in full, accepting the gift of eternal life that only Christ can give is what places you in a right standing before God. So if you have done that, then you are positionally righteous before a holy God, period. In Acts chapter 16, verse 31, the Apostle Paul told the Philippian jailer that all he had to do was put his faith in Christ and he would be saved. It is through that faith that you become a part of God's family. Have you done that? You see, it is by God's grace that you are saved. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 tells us that salvation comes only through the act of believing in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, dying in your place, paying in full the penalty for your sin, trusting in the fact that three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he is alive today, as opposed to what you think you can do to save yourself. So again, I ask, Have you done that? If your answer is yes, yes, I have put my faith and trust in Christ alone for my salvation and my eternal destiny, then my friend, you are considered by God to be positionally righteous before him. But let me quickly add here, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, if you're not sure what it is I'm really talking about, would you please go to our website at thepuritycoach.com? That's thepuritycoach.com. Grab my phone number and give me a call. I would love to talk with you. All right, now let's let's go back to Lot. Lot was a righteous man. Lot was a super man of God. No, he most definitely did not act like it. He certainly didn't live like it. But God says he was a righteous man. And because he was righteous, he was also a very miserable man. The sinful choices he had made, the wicked lifestyle he was living, it conflicted with his righteous soul. So again, I ask, what about you? As we just saw, if you're a born-again believer, you are righteous before God. Are you acting like it? Or are you experiencing conflict within your righteous soul? In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, we see that Lot, as a righteous man, was greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked men around him. In other words, Lot was fighting an intense spiritual battle. On the one hand, as a righteous man before God, he wanted to please God in every part of his life. Can you relate? On the other hand, as a self-centered man, He wanted desperately to please King Me through the many pleasures that sin had to offer. Again, can you relate? As the Apostle Paul described it in Galatians 5.17, his flesh was in conflict with the Spirit, and the Spirit was in conflict with the flesh. They were two polar opposites, locked in a fierce combat for the rights to dictate the soul. Lot's story is a serious reminder of what can happen when you allow the flesh and its sinful desires to win out in that battle. Well, in an earlier episode, we learned together that we choose our consequences when we choose our actions. 
Now, I want you to think about that principle as it relates to Lot and to you and me. Every choice that Lot made led to a consequence. Choose wrong, pay the price. Choose right, enjoy the peace. You see, Lot's problems began with King Me sitting high and mighty on the throne of his heart. Genesis 13 verse 11 tells us that Lot chose for himself. And because Lot was sitting on the throne of his heart, he saw nothing wrong with the subsequent choices that he was about to make. So here's a vital question for you. Whom is sitting on the throne of your heart? What are the things that you are choosing for yourself? And what are or what will be those consequences? Again, you may remember from a previous episode that God spoke with Cain in Genesis 4-7 about this very same thing just before Cain chose to murder his brother Abel. God had said to Cain, If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary. It wants to consume you. It wants to devour every part of your life. But you must rule over it. Choice, consequence. You determine the consequence every time you decide the action. Do you recall how King Solomon learned the hard way that man's primary purpose in life is to fear God and keep his commandments? If you don't recall that, I I challenge you, read through the book of Ecclesiastes. Seriously, pick up the book of Ecclesiastes and read it. In chapter 1, verse 14, Solomon writes, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Can you relate? Then at the end of his search for meaning and purpose to his life, he comes to this one final, very powerful conclusion. In chapter 12, verse 13, he writes, Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands. This is everyone's duty. So, I have a question for that wise old sage. Hey, Solomon, what is the most important thing that I must do in my life? so that I will continuously fear God, so that I will continuously, consistently keep his commandments. What must I do? Solomon's reply to that question is found in Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now there is some awesome counsel. What a fantastic tidbit of God-given wisdom. The most important thing that I can do. The most important thing you can do. In fact, the most important thing you and I must do above all else is to guard our heart. Nothing, my friend, absolutely nothing is more important than guarding your heart. Above all else, always post a guard around your heart. Protect your mind. Let me explain. The most important thing I must do every day of my life is guard my heart. But what exactly is my heart? Why is it so vital that I guard it? Well, to answer the first part of the question, we need to go to the original language of the verse, Hebrew. You see, it's there that we learn that the word heart is referring not to the muscle in your chest that goes thumpity thump thump. Rather, it's referring to the place where thinking 
and decision-making occurs. In other words, your mind. So Solomon is saying, above all else, guard your mind. Let me repeat for emphasis here. Nothing is more important than placing a guard around your mind. Why? Because out of your mind come the things of life. What you think will eventually be revealed in the things that you do. But hey, don't take my word for it. God himself says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think will become what you do. Therefore, my friend, choose, always choose to guard your mind. And when you choose to guard your mind, you will guard your life. Now, let's go back to our story of Lot. Lot failed to guard his heart. He failed to protect his mind. He chose to relax, to let down his spiritual guard, and allow the wickedness of the world around him to penetrate and permeate every part of his thinking. And as a result, Lot was a man in spiritual turmoil, and he made a series of very bad choices. In next week's episode, we're going to dive into those choices. We're going to look at what those choices were and why they were so bad and how he could have prevented the ramifications and the results of every one of those choices. But I want to ask you, what is the focus of your mind? What thoughts do you entertain? What you think about will influence what you do. Are the daily choices you are making in life for the benefit of King Me? or for the glory of God. I can't help but wonder, had Lot followed the principle of Matthew 6.33, had he sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his story would have had a totally different ending. Now, Lot is long dead and gone, so he cannot go back and change the events of his life. But what about you? Well, be sure to join us next week for episode number 23, when we conclude this two-part look into the life and loss of Lot, and discover together from God's Word how you and I can prevent the fall of a superman of God. Mm -hmm.